Hello and welcome to episode two of the GQ Style podcast. Corporate lunch. I'm Noah Johnson from GQ Style. With me today is Rachel Tashian, writer, editor uh, at Garage Magazine. Not with me today is Will Welch, GQ Style editor-in-chief who is traveling, um, who will be back soon, I hope. So, Rachel, what's up? How are you? I'm so great. Thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. we got a lot to talk about. We do. And you've been busy um, most recently hanging out with Roger Federer um, for a piece you wrote for Vanity Fair. The title of the piece is Roger Federer doesn't think he'll win the U.S. Open. What? So he's just not going to win. Yeah, it was kind of funny. We were well. It was a party at Kith for his new sneaker collaboration with Nike. Uh, what's Kith? Um, it's a sneakerhead store in Soho. But I don't think I need to tell people who are listening to this podcast that. I just wanted to get you wanted my like funny version of what that <laughs> store would be. Just um. wanted to make sure everybody knew. But that's okay. a place people like to go. It seems. Yeah, that people love the cereal there, I hear. Um, but we didn't eat any cereal. Instead, we just talked about his shoes and about tennis. And I just sort of casually at the end of our conversation asked him if he thought that he would win the U.S. Open. Good and question. Then, Good yeah. question for Roger, Roger Federer. And he said, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciated that honesty, though. Maybe just psyching himself out like it's a head game he does to... Like that's how he can. That's how he makes himself win. Sure. I mean, he's already won two Grand Slams this summer, so he said that a third would be too good to be true. So Roger Federer is a guy that a lot of people think is really stylish, and he definitely has sort of an, an elegance and like a style of play that's quite nice. How is his style? He was just wearing like a black Nike T-shirt and red sneakers and jeans, which was kind of outrageous because we were in this alleyway behind the store and it was really hot outside so it was kind of surprising that he was wearing jeans and he also wasn't wearing the sneakers which I thought was a little bizarre but then it was very touching he said that he wanted to wear them for the first time on the court for the U.S. Open that's sweet so you're saving them yeah I get that like you get a new pair of sneakers and you like you don't break them out right or you just never wear them yeah you keep them in a box yeah sell them on eBay one day sure I bet he does that what did he say about he you asked him about like streetwear and it sort of went went somewhere, and he mentioned Supreme and Off-White, which is just really funny yeah. coming from Roger Federer. Yeah. What did he say? He said, I love all the collaborations happening with Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he was referring to? I mean, all of the collaborations <laughs> that happen with Supreme. <laughs> do you think Federer has like a bunch of Supreme in his closet at home? Or is he just saying what he, what the kids want to hear? I don't think he's saying what the kids want to hear. I think he authentically really likes clothing. I mean, I don't think that he is like an intense streetwear fan, but he's definitely aware of that stuff. I mean, he's got his own line and stuff. The sneakers are cool. Um, he had a t-shirt that said... Betterer. Betterer. Yeah. That's pretty good. I know. Um, I want to bring up Louise Linton next. Yeah. Amazing. She's... uh really got something going for herself this week. So what happened to Louise Linton this week? Why so did this happen? Louise Linton posted an Instagram tagging all of the articles in her outfit, which is a really strange like 2012 fashion blogger thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Like I'm not even really sure. I mean, I, I do sort of have an idea of why she did that, but um, it's sort of a passe thing to do. A weird thing for an adult person to do. Exactly. Um, 
And it was a photograph of her and her husband, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, getting yeah. off of a jet coming back from Kentucky. And so she tagged her Roland Moray pants, her Hermes scarf, her Tom Ford sunnies, yeah. um, and her Valentino rock stud sandals. I mean, this is kind of like, if you were to, um, if you were a, an Instagram influencer from 2012 and you were to make a time capsule and bury it in someone's backyard, <laughs> this is what you would have put inside of this time capsule. What did you you said it this is like the uniform of what the hell did you tweet about it? Oh, I said that it was the uniform of like status obsession and insecurity, which yeah. is to say that I, I love Tom Ford. I love Valentino. I love Hermes. They make really beautiful things. Yeah. But the things that she had chosen to wear were not necessarily the things that people with a lot of taste. And they're not things buy. not things that you like reduce to a hashtag. Exactly. So it's like interesting from the perspective of obviously politics right now is the is the thing that dominates like so much conversation and so much media so when there's like a fashion moment that crosses over into it i feel like as like editors and people in the sort of fashiony worlds it's like this really f strange um like conundrum in a sense where it's like oh here's a real fashion moment happening in this like political time that's like really not about fashion at all you know it's the same way like i don't really want to see anything ever about like melania's fashion credits like i just can't believe that people do that still I guess but this Linton's response to like a commenter was so amazing yeah did you think this was a personal trip adorable do you think the US government paid for our honeymoon or personal travel like lol lol she just went in on some like poor person who randomly commented on this right she has an, uh, uh, an intriguing fluency with emojis but um yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you're saying about the uh, sort of um, lines crossing between fashion and this administration, because, you know, Michelle Obama was someone who really had a great sense of style and was very invested in, you know, cultivating young fashion designers um, and clearly paid a, t a lot of attention to what she was wearing. But it was much more like thoughtful and collaborative. Yeah. Um, and there was kind of this, I think the reason why so many fashion designers were fans of hers and why they were, um, I mean, among many other reasons, disappointed to see this administration come into power is that, you know, there's no longer this kind of relationship where there's this person who's really respecting this as like an art form, a legitimate industry. Yeah. For the Trump administration, this is like, I mean, it's no one has like ever been more obsessed with appearance, which is so bizarre because no one really looks that great. But um. <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, yeah, you get this, you know, like it feels a little bit like for Milani and some of the others, they're just like going through designer boutiques and pulling shit off the racks and wearing it. And it's not necessarily like using their status or, or platform to kind of like make it a part of, you know, American culture or global culture or whatever it might be. That's definitely true. But at the same time, there is something kind of interesting. I mean, like, so in this Louise Linton thing, it's like every day a new chapter. And yesterday, I think, I think this was yesterday, a couple of the designers actually came out and said, we just want to confirm that we didn't give anything for free right. uh, to Louise Linton, which to me is almost like, I understand why they want to do that. And certainly they should disassociate themselves from, you know, the administration. But it's also kind of a bizarre dynamic to say, like, we just want to clarify that, like, she <laughs> bought this with her hard earned money. I mean, most Americans who own clothing bought the clothing with their hard-earned right. money so in a certain way it is like quite democratic of her that she bought the Hermes scarf probably bought the Birkin bag as well is that what brands were clarifying 
Yeah. Like, or were they clarifying that they don't have a personal relationship with her? I think they were, it was sort of both. They were clarifying, yeah. at least Tom Ford and Valentino said, you know, we just want to say, like, we don't have any kind of relationship with her and she didn't receive anything from us for free. Yeah. Which leads us to Baron Trump, who I don't, who, who um, I don't have an opinion about because he's a child, but he's got amazing <laughs> t-shirts. He does. At least a couple. Yeah. And he kind of, and then there was a little bit of heat, like, directed his, his way for not, like, I don't know who said it, but that he should dress, like, he's in the White House. And I think it was, um, may have been, I don't want to misspeak, but I think it was the Daily Caller. Yeah. Which is Tucker Carlson's. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Tucker Carlson is still associated with it, but as a man who regularly wears bow ties, I can see how he may not be <laughs> a fan of a J. Crew t-shirt that says The Expert. <laughs> Although maybe he should be. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Another thing, and you wrote a piece recently, this makes me think of, you wrote a piece for The Cut this week also, or last week, about Princess Di, mm -hmm. one of your uh, areas of expertise. All-time favorite celebrities. <laughs> so one of the thing that fa things that fascinates me about her, and I think you mentioned in your piece, is like at a moment she was the most famous woman in the world, you know? And yeah. I, my question, and this is for, for all uh, monarchs and people – associated with them I was like what who cares about royal families like I just completely glaze over and can't understand why anyone is fascinated in any way by like Prince Harry and Prince Charles and Kate Middleton and all of it I mean Princess Di was like sort of glamorous beyond like anything it seems we have in the world today but like what why is why is it a thing I think a fairy tale is probably the most compelling distraction in public <laughs> life yeah um so I, I, I would say that's probably why people are so interested in royals. But, like, is it – so it's just association with fairy tales? Sure. I mean, it's interesting because it's the kind of celebrity that can allow people to be obsessed without feeling too guilty. It's almost like um, – I don't know, like banana bread or something, because you're like, oh, there's bananas in it. You're like, oh, they're they're somehow related to the government, so it's like okay that I'm obsessed with these people, like they're making some decision in some way that's vaguely related to public life, or they're like bringing attention to a humanitarian cause, but they just happen to be wearing like a lot of jewelry and expensive clothing while doing it. Yeah, is there a relationship between like the Princess Di era and Kate Middleton? Is it the same thing? Princess Diana was much more interested in talking about or much more comfortable in talking about herself than Kate Middleton was, perhaps because there's more of a I don't know if they're following her Princess Diana's death. There became a little bit more respect for the royal family and like a desire to be less intrusive into their life, certainly with Diana's sons. Um so perhaps they just don't want to direct that level of attention towards her. But the press really hounded Diana. I think a lot of people may not necessarily appreciate that, especially if they're under the age of, I don't know, 35 or so. Yeah. I don't know that there's any celebrity that's chased at that level now. Really? I don't think so. And it's different now, the way yeah. people chase, say, Kim Kardashian or whatever. Sure. Or she's not being chased, I suppose. I mean, she was robbed. Yeah, she was robbed. You wanted to talk about Cardi B. Yeah. And I just read John Carmonica's piece from like a week ago about Bodak Yellow, her song, which mm -hmm. is a pretty good song. You like the song? I love the song. Really? Yeah, I really like it. And one of the 
amazing things that he brings up in the story is is he sort of talks about how unlikely it is that this song is such a massive hit because the song is a massive hit like top charts you know yeah and uh, a quote in here from some bi- person at billboard is like that it happened without a meme without a dance it makes it much weirder it's like you can't have that song this big without a meme attached to it right that's kind of nuts i know what do you make of cardi b I think she's awesome. I think she's like super powerful. Um, I love her sense of style. I love her obsession with Louboutin shoes, which to me sort of seems to, I'm, I'm to me that's really cool because uh, like the idea of the red bottom shoe being like a weapon in some way. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty badass. It doesn't seem like a dated reference. Louboutin's still cool. I don't think it is still cool, but I'm very curious as to whether she can make it cool. <laughs> I hope that they've sent her a lot of free shoes because <laughs> prior to her devoted fandom of these shoes, like the the most public celebrity I can think of who was a, a major Louboutin fan is Blake Lively. So this is kind of a pivot for them. <laughs> it's funny when that happens, though, when like a celebrity is a fan of a brand, but they aren't necessarily like the spokesperson for that yeah. brand. What ends up happening? behind the scenes there yeah you mean yeah like are they getting boxes of shoes sent to them? right i mean isn't that how it should be wouldn't we all hope that like celebrities and famous people are you know obviously they're getting paid by sprite or whoever but also that they have like taste and opinions about things that maybe would also be relevant or of interest to us to their fans yeah hopefully but i mean that's also like funnily enough not to go back to politics again but that is sort of like the dynamic with the administration right because it's like like, for example, when uh, Barron was photographed earlier this week wearing that Arn Your Mark Shark t-shirt. Yeah. What was that? Was that also J. Crew? That was also J. Crew. Uh-huh. Um, Melania was wearing a dress by the Spanish designer Del Pozo. Um, and that was something that she'd clearly purchased. And that's kind of cool. I mean, that's a huge platform for the brand Del Pozo. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that is, like, another example of, like... Uh, a kind of authentic, a celebrity having an authentic taste in something that may not necessarily be the expression that the brand wants to put out. Right. Too bad. But that's what happens in consumer culture, Noah. Right. People make shit. Yeah. They sell it, and then it's out of their hands. I think everyone should just get everything for free. And if it's not sent to you for free, then you can't have it. <laughs> and that that's that should be the thing that decides. What you wear, how you look. Totally. For most people, you would just never have anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't know enough influencers. (laughs) (laughs) I need more hashtags in my um, social media game. I don't know. I I disagree. No one should wear it. I think people should not wear shit they get for free. I think everyone should. You can always tell that they got it for free. How? I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. Like when you see someone wearing something on the red carpet, even when they're working with like a really killer stylist, Mm -hmm. there's still something like you can tell that it wasn't put together in a super organic way, Mm -hmm. even if it looks really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, And there's a lot of taste in what the person is wearing. Like for some reason you can just, you're like, oh, those shoes are from like a couple months ago like that dress is from a couple months ago like you can tell it all kind of emerged at the same time yeah rather than you know being something more organic and this is why i think i'm so obsessed with princess diana because you can really she would repeat outfits Mm -hmm. often like many years apart um interesting that's a good sign 
That's yeah, a- for sure. Yeah. Um, and she really looked comfortable in the clothing. Like she looked like she was really wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she even looked cool when she was working out. Yeah. You know, she looked cool all the time, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You spent uh, some time working at Vanity Fair and spent a lot of time on red carpets, probably doing events and things with them. Yeah. Which just it just makes me think of what you're saying about sort of celebrity style. What else did you learn about celebrity style in that time? What else did you observe based on um, the red carpet experience? That stylists are like the most powerful people in the world. Really? Yeah. They're really like yeah. calling big shots. I honestly think a really good stylist can like help you win an Oscar at the level that a publicist can help you win an Oscar. Can you name names? Is there someone you think that won an Oscar thanks to a stylist? I think that, well, I think that Lupita Nyong'o like definitely used her stylist, Michaela Erlinger, as like a key component of her Oscar campaign. Right. For 12 Years a Slave. Like, obviously, like, she definitely should have won the Oscar. That was, like, an incredible performance. But I think she also helped sort of, like, um, become, like, familiar and kind of, like, idolized. Yeah. Um, at the same time, um, through the things that she was wearing, like, through these really interesting clothing choices that she was making. And I think that that's also, I mean, Sienna Miller a few years ago started working with Kate Young, who's another like super great power stylist. Um, And I think that that was the year I think that she did Foxcatcher and maybe had like one or two other movies that she was in and was kind of like reemerging as this like, you know, um, I don't want to say more serious actress, but like more mature actress. Yeah. and she started wearing a lot of, I mean, she's someone who's always been super stylish, but started wearing a lot of more like, you know, sophisticated things, yeah. um, kind of moving beyond her like boho look. <laughs> um, and and that, I think, sort of reestablished her as being like less a paparazzi figure and more of like a serious actress. Right. What about dudes? Is it the same for guys? I don't know any guys. Yeah. So, I mean, like I've never, you're the first guy I've met. <laughs> And I'm not even wearing a tux, so yeah. it must be weird. Yeah. Um, do, do you th- think it's? Do you think that's true for guys too? No. No. But I do think that guys, male celebrities who have like a unique, individual sense of style, are way more interesting. And I think, I mean, I just think like that's that's like a the relationship to the two things is pretty direct and pretty clear. And like. You know, like Shia LaBeouf, friend of the pod, Shia LaBeouf is like a really good example of someone who, like, he dresses insane in a way, like sort of thrift store like mashup, and it's well documented. You know, there's like the Shia Fitz Instagram account, and there's, mm-hmm. I think Kanye West has said publicly that he was inspired by Shia's looks for um, Yeezy collections and just kind of the way he dresses in general, like combat boots and skinny pants and like a big blocky tee or sweatshirt up top, and everything's a little dirty looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm way into it. I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that I think Shy is like a great actor. I think he's good, but it's I think in terms of like making him more interesting, raising his profile, like it absolutely has done a lot, a lot more than like a lot of just like boring A-list celebrity dudes who don't have much of a specific like vision or sense of style at all. Right. Which is most of them. It's just the way it is. It's fine. It's most dudes, I guess, on Earth anyway. No, I think that's true. I'm just thinking about Leonardo DiCaprio's like plastic bag a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I mean that's a whole other yeah. Also his cargo shorts and like yeah. Toms. Like what does he wear? Like V neck tees, all the yeah. things that are bad basically. Right. 
Like aviator sunglasses. Yeah. V-neck News- tees. And like a newsboy cap. Uh-huh. That's wild. Yeah. Why does he do that, do you think? I really don't know. Maybe it's just like the thing he's most comfortable in. And he can really do the thing he's most comfortable with. Like, he doesn't need to push himself. Do you think he ever hears criticism of that, of his cargo shorts? Is there anyone in his life who's like, dude, Leo, really? The cargo shorts again? On the city bike? I don't think so because the people he hangs out with are dressed similarly. Yeah, that's his squad. That's their look. Yeah. So I think, like, in order to get that message to him, you know, you'd have to go through, like, 10 or 15 people. (laughs) But he must, yeah. Like, what is Tobey Maguire going to say to him? Like, (laughs) oh, I hate those cargo shorts? No, he's going to be like, dude, we're wearing the same cargo shorts today. Exactly. What Do you think, like, Leo should hire a stylist and do better? No way. I think he looks great. <laughs> I actually feel like we've we what we know about Leonardo DiCaprio maybe maybe this is because he doesn't give any interviews but this is why I like clothing so much because like if someone doesn't really say a lot in public you can still tell so much about them from oh, yeah. what they're just like wearing on the street definitely what is Leo telling you with his outfits that I think he thinks that he's like the king of New York <laughs> <laughs> I really do yeah it's true and he is yeah he is kind of like, I feel like Bill de Blasio texts him in the morning. Is like, what should I do? <laughs> That's why the subway's so fucked. Because Leo doesn't, Leo care doesn't about take it. the subway. <laughs> he He's like, I'm on this city bike, you losers. <laughs> Good message from Leo. It's totally true. Like, one of my other favorite male celebrities to watch style wise is Jonah Hill. And, like, Jonah also doesn't really say too much. And, um, I haven't talked to him personally like about his style, but he's always wearing he, like he'll wear shorts and like a skate brand hoodie or tee and sneakers. It's kind of whatever, but it's like the cool shit. It's mm-hmm. like the shit that's a little bit on my D- radar. Who do, who's telling him to wear that stuff? <clears throat> I think no one. I think he's genuinely interested. He knows a lot about skateboarding. He used to skate or skates. He knows skate videos. I think he goes to skate shops. Labor is like the skate shop in Chinatown that I think he goes to and buys stuff from. I think he just pays attention. He's worked with Palace. He's worn Dime, which is a skate brand in Montreal that is sold around here. I think he's just, I think it's genuinely what he's interested in. Does he have a Finstagram? What's that? Like a secret Instagram? Oh, good question. He doesn't have a real one, I don't think. Yeah. What did you call it? A Finstagram? Fake Instagram? What is Finstagram? I don't don't really know. It's It's just what it's called. Do you have one? No. Um, Jonah Hill, hit us up. Let us know about your Finstagram. Um, did you read the story about APC in the New York Times this week by Matt Schneier? I sure did. Um, there was a lot of pretty interesting stuff in there, and I think we've all read a little bit about APC over the years and know John Tui too a little bit um, for like some of the scandalous things that he's done and, and just for being a legend. APC's 30 years old. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. It seems like it was started in like 2008 as like a jeans company, but that's not what it is. 1987. Um, One of the things that he said, he just has this quote in here that I really love that I want to read and then talk about. He said, the bourgeoisie don't know how to dress anymore. With women, it's just a disaster. I think the group luxury brands have a huge responsibility into that culture of vulgarity. And then he recalled a recent visit to Khan saying... You're seated by the pool and everybody looks like he's just found a hooker. <laughs> what does that look like? You know, I'm not really sure because um, 
like what people wear by the pool in con is not necessarily like what they're wearing on the streets. <laughs> um, so I kind of I was wondering like, oh, is he kind of t- is he, you know, ragging on Gucci or something, which yeah. is quite opulent, especially the well, I guess both women's and men's wear is very opulent. Yeah. But then he took it to the pool. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure why that's what he was zeroing in on. Well, I could see people like entering like a gla- like a sort of glamorous pool party, no, in mm-hmm. their Gucci, and they're like getting a spritz and like yeah. hanging out in a lounge chair. Yeah, but don't you think those people look cool? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do too. That's why I read it, and I was like, every it looks like you just found a hooker. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a like a good signature look, I think. <laughs> like if you were to describe your personal aesthetic, and that was what it, like you just found a hooker. It's it's funny phrasing too. Like, is the hooker? Do you just find her? <laughs> <laughs> Who is she? Um, there was another quote at the end, too, that was kind of like where he was talking about. Um, oh, he was saying, like, you know, it's really nice when when women are wearing like a really incredible outfit to dinner. That's fine. But then you find out that their life is not really like that. <laughs> and they like can't keep it up. It's like, wow. Did he just see Ingrid goes west? <laughs> What do you make of that? I mean, what? Well, I think that's kind of funny because I think fantasy is such an intrinsic part of fashion, especially yeah. for women. And he's basically saying, like, you should dress as you really are. You shouldn't attempt to channel some other kind of identity through clothing, which is kind of a tricky thing to say. But you can see through his clothes why he would think that. That's what he does. or That's what he's proposing. Sure. I was kind of wondering, though, do you think that APC, if it were an American brand, would work? Because I sort of wonder if you know, like an American consumer would say, this is like too expensive. It's so simple. And why is it expensive? Yeah, I think it has, it needs the sheen that like French varnish on it to like convince you of its, of, of sort of what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, yeah, the American, like. I wonder Cal- if that's what Calvin's going to do yeah, or yeah. what Raph is going to do at Calvin. Yeah, it seems like it. And then he can just kind of like pepper in the American, you know, the like cowboy boots and the, I don't know, quilted parkas and stuff. Are you going to wear cowboy boots? Cowboy boots are like the the next thing for menswear, are they not? Yeah, I think they are. Um, am I going to wear them? No, I'm not. They don't seem comfortable. I'm a comfort shoe guy. Mm-hmm. I wear Crocs, you know? Sure. Do you think I should? Are Are you saying this as though, are you excited to see more cowboy boots on guys in the streets of New York? I really am. You are? Yeah. I think the, like, John Voight in Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, of course. Like a denim shirt and jeans with cowboy boots and, like, maybe, like, a neckerchief. Yeah. Maybe in a hashtag Hermes scarf. (laughs) This is getting costumey, though, I think. I don't know. But is menswear getting more costumey? Maybe. Maybe it is again, yeah. It was, and then it got way less. It was, you know, like uh, waistcoats and pocket squares and tie clips. It was like every accoutrement at all times, yeah. and, you know, the, like in the, the mustache wax years um, or like the lumberjack years. That all kind of went away. Maybe it'll, I guess maybe it will happen again. Maybe that's where Raph is taking us, it seems. Hopefully. The show's coming up. What do you think is going to happen? It's like in a couple weeks, right? The yeah. The next Raph show. I don't know. I mean, I think... um, I meant the next Calvin show. Sure. It's interesting uh, that 
he has only shown really one collection and yet there's all this excitement around it i mean i think people like it was very fresh it was really cool looking i was actually looking at it at dover street uh over the weekend and it was like it didn't feel very good really yeah although i guess you could i mean it is sort of like stiff looking on the runway that's kind of the point it looks super stiff right yeah, it's kind of funny that it was just one collection and that a lot of the looks in the collection were very similar. So there wasn't like a ton there to unpack. And now we're still seeing those looks like the turtleneck with the like those shirts with the pockets. Sure. Like the contrast yeah, like the color. Sna- yeah. Um, I'm ready to see more, I think. I think it's awesome, but I don't think I'm going to get the cowboy boots with like the metal tips. Yeah, that's OK. Do you think that Raph would wear those cowboy boots? I don't know. I love when Raph, Raph tends to wear like Raph Simmons. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wears Calvin too. I don't really know, but I love when he wears like he wears like the giant those oversized like varsity sweaters that he did like those in are really fall cool. sixteen for Raph Simmons or whatever. Like I I think it's awesome when he wears like his more extreme like out there Raph stuff. I mean that dude's just got such good style but it's mostly in his face which is crazy what do you mean by that he's just got this really nice looking belgian face i feel like that's where all that's like his that's like his his style is all there you know i mean he dresses well too but you know the face that's why he's like a meme he's like such a he's not a meme but he's been memed right he could have a a hit single because he's a meme i know he's got more memes he actually does have a hit single don't touch my rap right he does yeah All right, Rachel, it's time for the lightning round of Corporate Lunch. Thirteen Vibes. Cool. This is the part of the show where we fire off 13 vibrations that we're feeling particularly strong right now. Okay. Shout out to friend of the pod, Ben Affleck, and his Vibes t-shirt. You can go first. Go. Should I wait? Do I just read them like really quickly, no. or do I do one at a yeah, time? Yeah, you do one at a time. Okay, seashell motifs. What's that? Just like uh, you know, like a Venus in the half shell kind of thing, but yeah. done in like a small way as like a repeating pattern all over a garment. I think looks really cool, or like a seashell jewelry. All right, so I should break out the puka shell necklace for sure. Yeah, mermaid adjacent style. All right. Um, this next one's just a layup. Number two is just going to be the beach. Have you been to the beach this summer? I have, yeah, and I'm actually going this weekend. Uh, are you so excited? I'm so excited. Um, I have to wear a lot of sunblock at the beach, but otherwise I think it's a really good time. Oh, see, I don't do sunblock. I just do body oil, like tanning <laughs> oil. Yeah, I have this like Tom Ford body oil, and that's what I do at the beach. All right, go. Okay, uh, high tea. What's that? Like a uh, British high tea. Oh, what? so when's that happen? What time of day? That happens at 3 or 4 p.m. And yeah. I think it's a better alternative to lunch because you get like a tiny sandwich um, and then like some weird small pastries. And mm. it's like usually served on like a multi-tiered platter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really strong uh, what do you, aesthetic. What, like what would I wear to high tea? You could really wear whatever you want, but I would probably wear like a little bit of gingham. Okay. Uh, I don't own gingham. Um, but I do own Corduroy, which is the next vibe. Corduroy is the shit, and it's good for fall. And I just wrote about this brand, The Chords. Um, and I interviewed this insane uh, disco DJ called DJ Harvey, who's like a really a madman. Is he like, a chord head? He's the Ke- Keith Richards of dance music. Wow. And um, 
He was like, he has this quote that's like, uh, you can't understand the blues until you've had a broken heart, and you can't understand my music until you've had group sex on ecstasy. <laughs> Got it. Well, okay. <laughs> but he's like uh, in this campaign for this brand called The Chords, and The Chords is a brand launched by these guys, um, the guys who owned Happy Socks, which oh, was like yeah. a big sock brand, and they sold Happy Socks for $90 million. Okay, so they know what they're talking about. Yeah. These chords are going to be mage. I guess so, yeah. They started a corduroy brand. It's are they only just pants? Corduroy. No, it's like everything. You can get a corduroy t-shirt. Tight. Yeah, they're going to have a store in New York. Uh, what do you got? This is uh, vibe number eight. Is uh, the band spiritualized? Oh, come on. I think that that's going to be the next thing that like uh, people are nerdily into following this Grateful Dead obsession of the summer of 2017. Yeah, Grateful Dead took over. Spiritualized, yeah. I haven't gotten into yet, but you can send me a link later to something. What's the best? Do you have it like already like the song or the album picked out that will like set it off? No, I don't think so. I think people will just be like rolling around in the grass and listening to it. <laughs> it will not be me. Um, vibe number nine, I think. Sam, are we on nine? Seven. <laughs> the next vibe, we're counting down. We started at 13. Whoa, that means the one number one vibe better be really damn good. Brand New has a new album, The Emo Band. Sure. Are you familiar? Yes, I am. Okay, so the new album's decent. It's fine. Maybe it's really great. I've listened to it once. But did you see the album cover? No, it's what's this the album photogra- It's this photo by this Swedish photographer, and it's this image of two girls jumping out of a, like a second story window, like onto a car and onto the street at night, like in the rain. Mm-hmm. It's super striking and weird and inspiring. It's like kind of seems dangerous, but they're kind of laughing. It seems like they're both going to like get badly injured. Okay. But it's better than the Taylor Swift album cover, for example. <laughs> like leaps and bounds better. Okay. The- literal leaps, literal bounds. I mean, what ter- why do you think that Taylor Swift did this as like, why did she do that? what was the concept behind this album cover this like there's a gothic font and there's like newspaper motif and then a portrait a sort of dramatic portrait of her i just think it's really sweet that she thinks we've been thinking about her in the news for the past year (laughs) like like the only cool thing she did is like maybe get out of her apartment in a big black suitcase it doesn't feel yeah this doesn't feel like one that's been um welcomed with open arms necessarily but she's getting taken to task really but mostly the font i guess yeah it's the, the font, font seems people, tired people are font snobs now yeah, i guess are. after those pablo t-shirts everyone's a typography expert yeah and it is a lot like the font that brioni used when they like rebranded with justin o'shea briefly at the helm i don't mm-hmm. know if you remember but they I came do. out with this gothic brioni font that was controversial <clears throat> you're up next vibe zip codes Ooh, what's the best zip code um i don't know what the best zip code is I mean, uh, uh, but I think that people will start like talking about their zip codes again. And I think that people will start putting zip codes on T-shirts and on tote bags. To like to claim allegiance to a, a region? Yeah. Like what would be an example? Like 11211. <laughs> That's Williamsburg, right? Yeah. You could have that like on a tote bag? Yeah. And would that be cool or not cool? I think that would be cool. What's like? I just think numbers, like embroidered, yeah, very cool. All right. Like what? if you could put like um, the zip code of I don't know, like nine zero two one zero. That's a great iconic zip code. It's true. Yeah. On a Vera Bradley bag. Okay. That could be really tight. All right. DIY. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of DIY, DIY could be a vibe, but my vibe is actually. Um, 
Off-White's new Nike sneaker, the Vaporfly that Virgil did. That's this really cool, weird running shoe with a big, tall sole. And it was he just dropped ten sneakers with Nike, and and like his concept is sort of DIY, which I don't really, which means like he writes on them in magic marker, and there's like a red zip tie on them, mm-hmm. and I think meaning like anyone can put a red zip tie on the shoe and write on it with magic marker, and you're sort of participating in the Your dialogue, Virgil. as yeah. as he would say. But I'm just gonna say that the Vaporfly that he put out in this collection is like really good. Yeah, how tall is the the sole? Well, it's like a running shoe, but maybe okay. like a little more like extreme running shoe sole. Have you ever seen Hoka shoes? H O K A. No. They have this shoe called the Hoka One. I think it's like a Japanese running shoe company. It's like borderline, um, like what are they called shape ups. What were those shoes with the big curved sole that you would oh, wear to sure, like tone yeah. your butt? Yeah, shape ups. I think it's like bordering on that. Okay. Sort of, but that's way more intense. Go. Okay. Uh, banquette seating. Yeah. Like where? Well, I think this, like, it seems like all the new restaurants, there was this cool article on Grub Street, I think, last week about how, like, all the new restaurants in New York are, like, all-day cafes, which is sort of funny because, like, diners are all-day cafes and they're closing all over New York, so that's sort of a sad irony. But um, I think that banquette seating is going to be huge because then you can just literally stay in the cafe all day. Yeah, it's dangerous. You know, you can take a little nap. Uh, you can lounge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you are so into banquet seating, which I can get with, I, the next vibe is definitely going to be eating at the bar. Oh, whoa, yeah. Noah. Which is kind of the opposite, but better. Okay, tell You get me better why. service from a bartender. You get like a really good, I mean, you have to find a good seat where you have like a good view. It helps if there's a mirror behind the bar, but like typically it's a good vantage point. It really only works with two people unless you get like a corner and then you can do it with three or four. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a date, like, as a couple, or especially, like, a dude date, like, a, a non-sexual couple, what do you call it? Like a... Mandate. A mandate. Yeah. <laughs> at the bar, I think, is where it's at. You don't have to, like, flag anyone down. You don't have to wait for service. Bartenders are generally cooler than waiters. That's true. They just, they're, like, their conversation's better, or they're, like, they're sort of... They're just more real. They're not They're like, like more to the point. Hard. Yeah. They're not like, have you dined with us before? Yeah. You'll, the bartender will never ask you that. Yeah. He I doesn't hate that care. question. Yeah. Who really cares? Yeah. Eat at the bar. Next vibe uh, velvet green, like dark green velvet, emerald. Hell yeah. I've been, I've been talking about emerald green velvet. I want an emerald green velvet couch. That's really good. Yeah. Are you talking about wearing it? It could be anywhere. I think, like, the apex would be walls. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And, an, like, an emerald green carpet with emerald green walls in the same room. That this, would be really wild. This guy, I went um, for the fall issue of GQ Style on newsstands now. Subscribe, GQStyle.com. Um, I went to Berlin and hung out with um, the the good folks at O32C, which is a fashion magazine and a brand and stuff, and Jorg, who runs it. Um, lives in this old brutalist church and uh, the magazine's office and stuff is all there so I went and and saw it and we photographed everything and like the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen is the living room in their apartment in this church is all purple carpeting so like it's a purple carpet floor and the same purple carpet on the walls and ceiling so you're just sort of and it's this massive room and it sounds like really I don't know like kitschy or like it would be like 
gross or uncomfortable, but it's like a really big space and it's really well lit and there's sort of some art and furniture in there and it's beautiful. That's Lux. So I think I I think the emerald velvet thing could work that way. I think so too. If I don't find the couch, I'm just gonna like do my whole apartment walls and everything in emerald green velvet. Yeah. If you can't find the couch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm, my last vibe is just going to be a simple thing, but Alix, um, the brand run by Matthew Williams, um, the designer, super cool guy with great taste and a really great sense of, of building this brand, has finally launched men's stuff. And the men's stuff has a lot of like leather and bondage and really intense tailoring that he's developed. But um, he also is just doing graphic tees that are super cool, and I got my hands on one, and it's it's 50% cotton, 50% polyester, and I think it's all upcycled, which is pretty rad. And then the the image is like this cat, like a Playboy bunny, and sunglasses like lounging on its side, and it says in Brit big like block letter, letters, "Stay lazy." Yeah, it owns. Yeah, that's best, really good. Best tea of the year. That's my last vibe. What do you got? Closes out. My last home. vibe is referring to your apartment as your condominium. <laughs> Why would you do that? That only works if it's actually your condominium. No. Well, it could work that way, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. It what? just sounds much better than apartment. It just has a better mouth feel. Yeah. And what sort of message does that send to people? Uh, that you live in a duplex. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming by today, Rachel. Thanks for it having was, me. It was fun chatting with us. Um, you guys out there listening, this has been episode two of Corporate Lunch, the GQ Style podcast. And check us out on GQStyle.com for all of our latest content and to see the new issue with the fall issue with Aziz Ansari on the cover. Order it, subscribe, read it, enjoy it, and we'll see you next week. GQ Style.